0: Hi and welcome to Zed Games, recorded live at four triple studios in Brisbane and broadcast nationally over the community radio network, Zed Games brings you the latest gaming news, reviews and interviews from across Australia and around the world.
1: Welcome once again to another episode of Zed Games, Australia's most beloved gaming radio program. Don't check me on that one. Uh, we are coming to you live from 4 Z in Brisbane. You might be listening to us around the nation on the community radio network. Uh, Razor, what's happening on this program? Also, who else is in here with me? Candy? Oh,
0: yeah, me. I'm here. Candy's Hi here. Hi, everyone. Yay, yes. made it this week.
1: Yeah. Uh, Alana Pierce, you're hey, here. Hey, what's up? Yeah. Is this your last show? This
2: is going to be my last Zed Games. Oh man! I think oh, it's been two years. Everyone. I'm pretty sure it has.
1: Yeah, yeah. We've already said goodbye to you.
0: I left once. Yeah, but <laughs> I came back. I missed it too much. You're like so the I John back. Farnham of Zed Games. You, know? <laughs> you just keep coming back again and I'm gonna again. I'm going to put that, that on my resume. Yeah. yeah.
2: I was the John Farnham. Yeah. Of Z games. She's the one voice. last
0: time and then again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and we also have Ray.
1: Yep, I'm here. We're not getting rid of him. We can't. We don't know how to use the machine.
2: Yeah, we we desperately need him. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we're dealing with the fallout of you leaving. That's a thing.
2: And also, Fallout just came out. Is that a good? Are we talking about that tonight? We're not Is talking a good about segue? that tonight. That, a, that was a, bad segue. <laughs> that was a <laughs> bad segue. That was a great segue uh, for like next week's
1: next week. show. <laughs>
2: and next week, while I'm not here, <laughs> yes. I will have fallen out. Yeah. All right. Nailed it. Brilliant. <laughs> we got there in the end.
1: Razor, this show.
3: Yes, Assassin's Creed. A candy, you've been playing the latest <laughs> instalment.
0: Yes, I'm a little excited to talk <laughs> <Yeah>. about it.
3: <laughs> so, Lee, you as well? Yeah, so
1: I guess our review is just Candy going... <laughs> no,
0: it's not. I'm a professional <laughs> and it will be an amazing review. Also me just being excited, yeah. but bear with me. Mm. It'll be great.
3: And Alana, you've had the opportunity to test out some new virtual reality technology
2: bunch of VR. I've played uh, five PlayStation VR games, and I also got to check out Zero Latency, which is a full-motion VR uh, zombie shooter that is in a warehouse in Melbourne. Um, And both of those things are amazing, and I love VR, and I'm really excited for it to be commercial. Hmm.
3: But before all of that, let's get into this week in gaming news headlines, Ms. Candy Payne.
0: Thanks, Razor. Assassin's Creed co-creator and former Ubisoft producer Jade Raymond will work on an open-world Assassin's Creed-like game for EA. EA's CFO Blake Jorgensen told GameSpot creating a game in the open-world action-adventure genre was one that the company had never done despite it being one of the most popular. Raymond will oversee production of the game, though no further details are presently available.
1: I like it when EA actually spend their huge... Scrooge McDuck pile of money on starting new franchises. Sometimes that works out.
2: Unravel? I don't know if that's going to be a franchise, but I'm super excited about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's great.
2: Yeah, and yeah. adorable, yeah. and and has so much heart. You yeah. can talk about that for an episode, so let's maybe move on from Unravel. Yeah, but like <laughs> we don't know
1: anything about this except that it's just going to, like, probably it will have towers that you climb up and, and a, a map covered in bits, right? It just makes it
2: sound like a Ubisoft game. Yeah. I mean,
1: she she <laughs> produced all of them. Yeah, she so oversaw that. Yeah, kind of makes
0: sense. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Final Fantasy VII's Cloud Strife will be the next Super Smash Bros. DLC character. No release date for the DLC was given. Cloud will be available for both the Wii U and 3DS versions of the game.
3: This is interesting because Cloud is a little bit symbolic of yeah. Sony mm. yeah. uh, tearing away the Final Fantasy franchise from Nintendo, uh, as you know, Final Fantasies 1 through till 6 were Nintendo exclusives. And then uh, Square, S- Squaresoft, as they were known back then, stole the property f- and... Uh, no, they Sorry, Sony stole it from Nintendo. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
2: This kind of blows my mind, though. It's one of those things that when people were doing the ballots for who was going to be in Super Smash Bros., everyone... It was one of those things everyone wanted, but everyone was like, "That's never gonna happen." There's no way that's gonna happen. So when they announced it, announced it, I was like almost crying. He was like, Aww. "Like I don't even care about Cloud. He's a whingy little douche." <laughs> but I was still like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Like, maybe this means that Banjo can one day be in Super Smash Bros. They've, like, unleashed a world of potential.
1: <laughs> so you want Banjo yeah, to that? Yeah, that's... You
2: know? that's the, my excitement about Cloud is the segue to Banjo. It could yeah. it is. things. It could. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like the bigger than, with the bird Bigger than
2: is. Cloud Strife, because Banjo 2 is so much bigger than Final Fantasy 7.
3: <laughs> but do you know who would be the ultimate Super Smash Bros. character? Goku.
2: No, Sonic.
3: Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: He's
2: already in it.
3: Ah. Oh. Like, <laughs> he's in the last two. Oh,
1: crap. They, they got him for the Wii version.
0: <laughs> Maybe miss them all. Bit. Good idea, It's almost Razor. like
3: blasphemy. Yeah. You should
1: you know,
0: pitch that idea. You know
1: they who should. should they put in there? Yoshi? Yoshi would be really great in the Smash Bros. Would be great yeah. in
0: Smash Bros. Yeah. And Charizard? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, an eagle-eyed gamer has spotted a listing on the Peggy ratings board for Minecraft Wii U edition. No official announcement has come from either Nintendo or Minecraft developer Mojang, Despite a prime opportunity at the Nintendo Direct press conference last week, the listing has since been quietly removed from the PEGI website.
1: Is that like the last platform that Minecraft needs to land on?
2: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's even on mobile. Yeah, and I mean, it would play really well on Wii U, so it makes sense.
1: Touchscreen would be great for that.
2: It seems like a weird thing to bring it out. For the Wii U now, when the NX is, whatever that is, is just sort of around the corner, wouldn't it make sense to bring it up on the NX instead?
1: Yeah, unless they're talking about, like, maybe this is a Christmas thing. Could they be. Can sell a whole bunch of Wii U's to people.
2: For the last year of the Wii U before it's replaced, presumably, by the NX. Yeah. Even though we still don't know what it is. It could just be an accessory to the Wii U in the long run. But or some kind of hat. It's definitely probably a hat. Yes. Yeah. A fancy hat.
3: Yeah. <laughs> That is it for this week in Gaming News Headlines Thank you very much Miss Candy Payne
1: You are listening to Zed Games And that was Uranium Fever by Elton Britt From the Fallout 4 soundtrack
0: That will be stuck in everyone's heads for the rest of the evening Because it is in mine (laughs) I just wanted to give a shout out to
2: According to Frederick who's actually playing Fallout right now In Diamond City and was listening to us play Uranium Fever Uranium (laughs) Fever So good
1: The same awkward quality to our radio As the Diamond City radio has as well
2: Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A little scratchy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So uh, we are going in a completely different direction to Fallout now. We're Mm. going back to Victorian London.
0: 1868 London.
1: To talk about Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which is surprisingly good. We weren't expecting that. You sound so uneasy. good. Really nervous (laughs) about that. Yeah. We weren't expecting it at all, right? I
0: wasn't expecting it, like for the reason that I didn't even bother to play Unity because Mm. I just was super disappointed after the last few that had come out and I thought, I'm not going to waste my time. It's all going to be incredibly repetitive. I'll be climbing lots of buildings. I'll be getting stuck in the middle of fights with people that are... Above my level, and you know, and also sometimes stuck all in the buildings, stuck in Thanks, buildings, Unity. walking through walls, and you know, like the same kind of glitches. I think we thought. should
1: point out all of those things are still in this game, but somehow they're forgivable.
0: And also, I've just not come <laughs> up against as many glitches. Well, no, no glitches yet. I'm, I mean, really? I might just be lucky. It was I ha- one where a girl got stuck in the corner behind a tree somewhere, and then I went to hit her, and she was suddenly on the other side of the fence. But like, I can forgive that. That oh, was maybe she glitch. was just magic. Yeah, or that.
1: <laughs> I I had one only one major glitch. And I, it was moments after I said, wow, this is surprisingly smooth. Well done. <laughs> well done, Ubisoft. They heard and you. moments after that, everyone in a cutscene was invisible, except for the <laughs> things that they were holding.
0: Oh, no. But now, I haven't had that.
1: They were all assassins, so maybe they were hiding.
0: Yeah, yeah they
2: were just really good camera.
1: Yeah. They
0: had their like, assassins cloaks on, obviously. Yeah. I feel I like when I really crouched up. down.
2: in that I did the opposite of this, where I played Unity and then didn't play Syndicate because I thought it would be mm. terrible because of Unity... And mm. I feel really good about myself for finally getting out of the grip of Assassin's Creed hype. <laughs> mm. And now you're going to like talk to me about how I should play it. And you're just going to consume me again and be like, no!
0: I am going to tell you to play it because it is wonderful. It What's is, good about it? 1868 London. Let's start with you are playing between two characters, Jacob and Evie Frye, our twins. One, Jacob is incredibly sarcastic, black humour. God love him. He's possibly my new favourite assassin. That's a big call yeah. because we yeah, all know how I feel That's about Ezio. Yeah, you had a bit of a
3: uh, thing <laughs> he, he, for Ezio. He doesn't,
0: look and, like he doesn't <laughs> look and sound like Ezio. He doesn't look and sound like Ezio, but holy damn, he's funny. Do they have like Cockney accents? There's or? a lot of there's Cockney accents. There's a mixture.
1: Yeah? Um, and there's a lot of like Irish. it is this is a Canadian's, a French Canadian's attempt at creating uh, Victorian London so <laughs> everyone is all like. Hello, how's it going, mate? Yeah. How the <laughs> butchers at this? See, yeah. I mean,
2: you say that, but then in Unity, everyone was Cockney. But,
1: yeah, but so when it's they the should have actors. been French. Yeah,
0: but <laughs> then there's like you sort of a really
2: limited pool of voice actors. Yeah,
0: then there's Irish people thrown in, and it's great cool. because I've left the subtitles on purely because they have so many slang words from that mm. era that are used. <laughs> that's, that's cool. But I act, but they have a description of what that slang word means. Ah, that's which so helpful. Which is genius. So I'm just going to start calling people by these slang words from 18. 68 London, and you'll all well, have no idea what I'm talking what about. What would you so refer hipster. to me as? Oh, I can't even remember off the top of my head. No, I should have want written to know it down. I London only would insult refer to people.
2: people as, yeah. <laughs> in Victorian <laughs> <and> London slang. <laughs> Some
0: of the ca- yeah,
3: seriously,
1: don't go there, man. All right.
0: It's great. <laughs> no, it's so good though. Like I've met Charles Dickens and I've met Darwin and who else? Oh, I ran into Marx. Uh, yeah, so yeah. is yeah. that
2: is that a thing that? You know, it's so unrealistic for these assassins to have been present for every single historical event ever. Mm. Is it weird that you're meeting all of these historical figures? Like, does it feel...
0: Is it, does no. it make sense? But Some w- of the... Yeah, it does.
2: No, it doesn't. And we... Oh. <laughs> no, but, but who, one, who cares? But also, we
1: didn't notice this because we don't, like... Like, my knowledge of, of Renaissance Italy isn't as strong as it as my knowledge of, like, 18... Like, 19th century... Uh, London, mm. but the fact that, like, your best friend is Leonardo da Vinci and then you hang out with Machiavelli and you interact mm. with all of the Borgias mm. in the Ezio series, like, all of that is just as completely mental. Yeah, it's
2: completely ridiculous. Yeah. But and uh, and I, I've, I'm concerned that it draws you out in that you're, like, acutely aware of how ridiculous it is. But
1: it never drew us out then. True. We were just I, like, this th- is cool, Machiavelli's no, but, in it now. Yeah.
0: But also it didn't draw me out then because, yeah. like, having... This but, is getting off topic, but having been there and actually done research into Italy and visited those places, you realise how how present they were all at the same time, mm. and it's it actually is not that ridiculous that yeah. they knew lots of people and
1: okay. you know Machiavelli was obsessed with uh, the Borgias, mm. so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but all of the other stuff is crazy pants, and the Still I, great, the though. idea that like one person is meeting Alexander Graham Bell oh, and great. Karl Marx. And Charles Dickens, uh, but they've been
0: fun. Look, they've been fun side missions. Um
3: Have you ever seen the movie Forrest Gump?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Like. And then, then you meet like what's his face, the the writer of Sherlock Holmes as a young boy, mm. and he helps you solve murders. <laughs> Cause he's he's Cause a ten year old who's knows. really into murder. And he's yeah.
2: he's <laughs> <laughs> That's so metal.
1: Yeah, and he just he just turns up and he's like, "I'll help you solve this crime, Mister." Mm. So how
2: are the crimes? Are they like they were in in Unity?
1: Yeah, they're actually really cool. I liked that. The crimes were cool, and they were really cool. Yeah. In so let's interest. let's get into the side questy stuff. But we haven't described Evie. Oh, we the even not about Angela. Oh, answer. sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So step back. Jacob starts fights with people
2: and gets into trouble.
0: Love him. So I pick him a lot more often because I'm all heads in, gums blazing. you have the choice
2: to choose between both of them in every mission? I thought it was mostly Not in every Jacob. mission.
0: No, sometimes you're forced to stay on a certain path as one mm-hmm. particular character and you go to switch and it says you can't switch characters at this time. Okay. Yeah, but, but depending on different missions that you choose around the map, you you normally can Yeah. Swap. So they, okay. they
1: have uh, different they have their own story missions, mm. but then a lot of the side quests... Uh, that you're doing uh, with, say, Inspector Abilene, the guy who was attached to the uh, Jack, Jack the, the Ripper. Ripper. Like, you know, like mm. every single person you encounter is a person, yeah. which is really weird. <laughs> historical figure, you mean? Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah. But
3: that's, anyway,
0: <laughs> that's beside the point. We're dealing with that.
1: <laughs> All of the side missions, I think, are mm. basically open to... Whomever you wish pretty to play swapping as, pretty much stopping
0: between, yeah, which is really great. Mm. So Jacob is a kind of uh, twin. He goes in guns blazing, likes confrontation, and you know doesn't think about things before he runs in and attacks. Evie likes the sneaking around behind the scenes, quiet assassin style attack. Mm. Mm-hmm. So she likes to get a lot of information first, and so it's really interesting if you're playing those characters. You kind of do. Without necessarily being guided to do so, you do kind of feel that you're making decisions based on that knowledge yeah. of how yeah. the characters prefer to operate. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when I'm playing as Jacob, I'm all happy to just go in, leap off the ceiling and start attacking people from the top down, you know. Mm. But her, I realise I do. I duck behind things and I really wait it out and I'm very patient. So I'm playing very differently, mm. purely because it's described on from the onset that she prefers that So how way. has a
2: ragamuffin kid like Jacob become an assassin?
1: Uh, his dad was dad.
0: one. Yeah, so the dad, so his he heritage, legacy. Yeah. yeah, like
1: he's really good at murdering people. Mm. He's just like not very good at being how's, discreet. How's
2: his creed going?
0: Yeah, he, he's, learning
1: the, learning. he's yeah. learning the creed. He's learning. He's the one who has that arc. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
0: but it's great. They constantly pay each other out. You know, brother sister type love hate relationship. He blows up lots of things all the time, and so she was always very snide about that. And mm. you know, I just love it. I I love the two of them. I love their relationship and how they interact with other people <laughs> as well. And really enjoying these assassins and the balance between playing male and female has is been a lot of fun. Is there a really
2: like shoehorned in awkward love interest again?
1: Not yet. Not but
2: yet, but, yes, but I feel of. like
0: there kind of is with Evie. Yeah. They're the guy that you meet when you first move to London and he's kind of showing you around and, you know, there's a lot of little sideways glances. And but a lot of dudes mm, are interested
1: in Evie, which is really interesting.
0: Yeah, I, like, I, I thought yeah. it was Belle. I thought Belle was interested. But then I thought maybe that's just because she came up with the idea for naming some of his actual inventions. and. Nah,
1: got a thing for her. Yeah, I reckon mm. so yeah. too. Mm. Yeah, but then in this case, like, she's the one with all the agency. Like, they've got a crush on her because she's too cool. Yeah. so oh, That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. actually, like, it's she's a really... Howard empowered.
0: Yes. yes. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. much so. I love it.
1: Yeah, it's a really, like, it, it actually is a very representational uh, London, um, which is close to what London was. Like, London was the heart of... Of Western society at that point, and so all oh, cultures yeah. were there to trade yeah. and so there's a lot of really cool stuff mm-hmm. there There's like like your friend uh, Henry is uh, an assassin who's originally from India um, he's cool, cool. Uh, there's a uh, your you have a friend who is a master thief who was also another historical mm. figure <laughs> um, mm-hmm. she helps you hijack stuff uh, mm. her name is Ned or his name is Ned because uh, it's a trans character oh, and wow. they never talk about it at mm-hmm. all it's just it's this, just a thing. Yeah. yeah like no one gives a gives a shit at all mm. it's just there's a dude in a bowler hat mm. there we go
2: so how is the city of london itself obviously these, oh. these games being open world it really is important that they're exciting and unity <laughs> not so much candy loves london oh, haven't <laughs>
0: been this excited since the first time i climbed to the top of the coliseum and just stood there looking around good in times. assassins good, good times, times. That's, that was a good day that one <laughs> It was the same reaction. Like I've realized I realized, I found the map, and the minute we made our way into London, I was immediately looking for landmarks that I knew mm. and wanted to just go and look at them. And so, just completely went off the beaten track, did not follow the storyline at all. Jumped off the train and just went exploring, and just found as many like viewpoints as I could. Climbed to the top just so I could get a better view, and it is. Incredible. It is incredible. I spent 20 minutes just running around the inside of Westminster Abbey just because I could. Just mm-hmm. looking through, you know, I, I quickly got my skills up so that I could pick uh, door locks and I could go into secret rooms and have a look around. And purely because I could look around, yeah, I
2: did. I, I haven't done that in an Assassin's Creed game since Ezio. Oh, since Brotherhood. It mm-hmm. is
0: remarkable. And, you know, like, I... I you have the the ability to um, scale buildings very quickly with like a repelling um grappling system thing. Yeah, so well, th- that's this, new.
1: this game introduces a new form of actually dealing with the environment. And yeah. I think it's partially because like London uh-huh. was designed to accommodate at this stage, like it had wide streets. Mm. And so Yeah, lots uh, of horse and carriage everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't just like leap across them like you could in the earlier games. Right. So it gives you this grappling hook which is useful for getting up tall things, but the best thing about it is that it provides you with this horizontal mm-hmm. transit. That's cool. Um across it's streets, a, it's yeah. it's a really awesome uh, solution to a problem that just occurred based on the nature of the city that mm. they, were, they mm-hmm. were creating. So you've got this Batman-like grappling hook thing and the, one of the, the ways that it introduces that is that you have to use it to get to the top of Big Ben which is the the first time that you get a sense of the city and it provides you with a landmark that, like, everyone
2: knows. Is that your classic Ubisoft game synchronised point that reveals more of the map? Yeah, Yeah. yeah. silly me, though,
0: (laughs) went and did that before I actually had my grappling hook. They were there there (laughs) clambering up the I climbed up the hard way, like, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Does it encourage you to use the grappling hook constantly? Like, have they basically gotten rid of the climbing in Assassin's Creed? Climbing's still good, but...
1: um, it's it's just another thing that you can use. Okay, so
0: it's and just it's, another option. Yeah, yeah, it's very smoothly integrated as well. It's just, you know, if you're looking around the screen, suddenly you'll get a point at the top where it says you can hit your left mm-hmm. bumper. And mm-hmm. if you hit that, then it'll just shoot just out. Just like and that, you man. Can, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Cool. But it's just subtly done. It's not... You know, And it doesn't happen all the time, so you do still have to climb some things. It's mm. just when you can, when there's a point that you can latch onto, it'll let you know. That, that sounds pretty awesome. To.
2: Yeah,
0: I love it. And it's just, it's incredible that I've spent so much time on the ground in this one as well. Because I love that I can literally run for a kilometre and a half. And I can go from the slums of London where there's like the coal mine workers. And, the, you know, just like, or people from the steam yard and, you know, just... Covered in fish guts and filth, and just so smoke even though and on the ground stuff
2: is really detailed as well. So very detailed. That was probably the biggest problem when Unity was. Yeah. That yeah. Everything on the ground was boring as hell. Yeah. yeah no. But
0: you know, you run for a kilometre and a half, and you start to see everything change, mm. and all of a sudden there's more greenery, uh, greenery along the streets, and fences are built a little bit better, and then you go from like the timber shanty homes into these glorious like big brick you know smoke billowing out of glorious chimneys at the top like it's just the detail is yeah. unbelievable very
1: expensive game
2: yeah oh, that is all i can that. think
0: and it just you know it's one of those games that again you just immediately want to start traveling around the world in real life when you play this because it's just but you want to see that stuff in real life mm. oh it yeah. is spectacularly done mm. uh, in terms yeah. of
2: gameplay what else is new Stuff. <laughs> no, I mean, there
0: are skill
1: trees now, uh, which they use to differentiate the character. Uh, mm, and kind of
2: like the stuff that was in Unity. Y-
1: yes, but they're better presented than in those ones. Is Unity the
2: equipment
0: stuff still in there. Some of I it, but like it's, it's cut
1: down mm. a bit. There's yeah. there's crafting. I mean, it's it is a grab bag of things from previous games. Okay. Yeah, but um, it seems
0: easier, and there's less of it. Like it's yeah. the first time I've looked at like the dashboard or something on on this game and i know exactly what skills i want to move to i mm. know exactly how i want to upskill i know when i want to upskill my little rooks who are the you know yeah. the other.
2: Oh, yeah i'm glad those are back they're yeah. back they function know. like in brotherhood
1: they function like they're in a uh, saint's row oh really so you have a gang that's cool You've got you get a gang that, gang that you can you. upgrade right. and you can give them orders mm. and just and do they have
0: personalities them.
1: They have a personality. There's a bunch of they, them. Okay, they, they have really.
0: personalities in that there are different ways of upskilling them. So there will be some that take the lead and will open fire when mm-hmm. they are told to attack. And there mm-hmm. are others that will just go in swinging fists. So. Like, but yeah. it's
2: not like, you know, walking around no. Saints Row 4 with Kinsey. No, no. no. There's, okay. like, there's four <laughs> different types of dude. That's pretty much right. it. Yeah.
1: Um, but, uh, yeah, look, it's... I mean, it is still an Assassin's Creed game. It's it is, just that so, this one's had yeah. a lot of the edges filed off it. It's beautiful, yeah. and it's really surprisingly well-written. Yeah. Um, we're going to come back to it. Yeah,
0: pl- probably should play a song or something. <laughs> we well, could we'll, talk for hours. We're going we're <laughs> to
1: review it next week, right? Oh,
0: yeah, that too. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. That's, that's I wanted to talk at. more about it now, but whatever, next week's no, good no, too. No, no,
1: like, hold, no, <laughs> hold off. Hold
3: back, Candy.
0: <laughs> I can't, it's so <laughs> Too much weird. excitement. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited.
3: Yeah. Uh, Before we get into the next segment, though, Alana, there's a quick question from a listener. Yeah, we just
2: got a question from uh, Danny Spaz on Twitter who asked, how heavily can you customise your character in Assassin's Creed Syndicate? Uh,
1: So you can unlock a number Mm. of different outfits. You can unlock a number of different colours for your outfits. Mm. Weapons. You can unlock three different types of weapons, Mm. which all fight very differently. Mm. And then you've also got, like, little tiny additional bits of gear. So Mm. Jacob has belts. Yeah. Evie has capes. Capes. Belts? Belts. Okay, it looks cool. And then you can change your assassin gauntlet. Yeah. So there's quite a lot
2: of, like, ultimately Enough. these things all... How do you unlock it? Kills or uh, the story progress? Or progressing
1: through the story, crafting, crafting. stuff, and yeah. finding, right, okay. finding Finding bits. things. Yeah. Cool. Hmm.
2: Uh, well, I guess now it's time to talk about which VR thing do we want to talk about first. Uh, I guess we'll start with Zero Latency. Yeah. So I checked out Zero Latency about a month ago uh, in Melbourne, and it's basically just this warehouse. I think it's 40 by 40... Square, I'm totally gonna to have all the numbers wrong because this wasn't. Going forty down.
3: by forty square meters,
2: something. Big warehouse. Uh, it's a, it's a large warehouse, and I'm not gonna have any numbers here. Okay, so <laughs> it's a big warehouse. Screw them all up. It's a large It's That's sizable. Cool. You know, it's sizable. and uh, it has <laughs> a number of cameras uh, rigged. A large, a large number of. A, a large. I think there's thirty-two. Uh, again, it could be wrong. <laughs> could be wrong. <laughs> uh, that are sort of rigged on the ceiling, and they track you as a player. So you have this backpack on, which has an Alienware laptop in it, which is totally mobile. You're not there's no wires, completely wireless. And then you have a gun that weighs two point five kilos. So pretty remember, pretty confident that one's right.
1: You remember that number? So I'm
2: pretty sure that end. part's correct. Yeah. And it's got like one of those PlayStation Move little ping pong balls that mm. lights up on the top mm-hmm. of it. And you also have one of those on the top of your head. With your Oculus Rift and your headset, so, so that's, that's like a motion yeah, capture. Yeah, that's kind how of the cameras trapping. track where you are in the space, and I mean they do a really good job of that because as soon as you put that Oculus Rift headset on, you are inside a zombie shooter and a world is mapped out completely around you. So it's it's incredibly well done. Uh, there's only like a few small issues with the tech where it'll sometimes think you're sort of strafing when you're not, and you have to sort of adjust to that. But mm-hmm. for the most part. You're running around shooting zombies in an environment that totally moves with you. Okay. We're
1: talking about wow. the holodeck here, right? It's
2: effectively a holodeck, yeah. Um, and it just it works incredibly well. Um, the game itself. Just before we get into the game itself, I'm sure. sorry to, yes. s-
3: to disrupt it. Uh, as someone who's maybe getting a little bit old, you know, <laughs> safety is a concern of mine. Now, you're running around with this thing strapped on your head, you're, you can't see. You're yeah. running quickly, right?
2: uh no they encourage you not to run but i okay. mean you could if you wanted
3: but, but you do risk your safety by running but you've got to, you're looking at a virtual world that's yes. basically the same environment as your real world so uh there's hopefully not too much of a discrepancy so you don't like crash into walls and stuff but is there a, a sense of like disorientation that might occur could you trip over or collide with other players something so, like that
2: they've thought this out incredibly well uh, The world effectively, I think the first part that you're dropped in is a street. And it just kind of looks like a left for dead street with like burning cars and it's nighttime and there's zombies. It looks like it goes forever. So the street looks like it never ends. And pretty much all the environments are like that. They don't have things walled off because then, you know, you would realize that you're in a room and you would see the reality and you would be able to place yourself in that room. So they don't do that. It's just when you get close to a wall, this big red kind of no entry sign pops up. So it's only when you come in a certain range of a wall that that will pop up red and there'll be a noise and the same thing will happen when you're close to another player. So that, it, it stops you from mm. realising where you are situated and it also allows them to really creatively manipulate the space that you're in to trick you into thinking that sometimes you think you're in a really small space and sometimes you think you're in a giant space. You know, There are some right. parts where you're walking through corridors and a particularly good use of that was when they separated me and the person I was playing with. They just put a wall between us. <laughs> and I, I assume that they turned our mics off so we couldn't communicate. And I totally felt like I was alone in that period, even though we would have been maybe three metres apart. And I'm sure we would have been on the same route when we were walking to mm. get to whatever our objective was. But you totally felt isolated. And I think that's that, that's been done incredibly well. And it's kind of weird being in, like, an office and seeing a desk and a chair and thinking, you know, I could walk through that right now because it's not physically there. The mm. warehouse is completely empty. But I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I just couldn't walk through the thing that I was seeing. I just, I got close and wanted to and was like, no, nah, I feel like I would throw up if I walked <laughs> through it. Like, I just couldn't. Okay. So it's it's like weird to think about the fact that you're being sort of shuffled around in little circles in these environments when there's nothing actually there because it tricks you into thinking there is. And There's one part where... There's a uh, really long bridge that is probably like 50 stories high, and you look down mm. over this bridge, and I really badly wanted to step off <laughs> just to see what would happen. <laughs> they have a fan at that point as well, so you feel like you're oh, up nice. there. Oh, right. um, I didn't step off, but apparently a lot of people do, and it's supposed to look really funny because you can die in the game, uh, so it's supposed if to be. If you just... die in
3: the game, do you die in real life? Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yes. Oh, right. No,
2: Ray. God. <laughs> What do you take this for?
3: They shoot
1: you. Yeah, they
2: actually kill you. Uh, no, if you if you die, which is usually just by having too many zombies run at you, think of, of like a simplified life for dead. Um, you become invisible and immortal for a few seconds. I think it's maybe ten seconds. Again, <laughs> don't
0: that's, know. That's
1: what happens when you die in real life, too. Yeah, that's, yeah.
0: yeah,
2: and then you just regenerate.
1: So. No,
0: it's not kids. Not a big deal. I want to know. So, hang Okay, so have you got somebody, like, guiding you around? Or you... You have, like, a Cortana, you know? Yeah. That's, like...
2: You need to go and do this, and okay. call an elevator. and They're all really boring things. <laughs> like, like, go to this console and press the button, but because you can't actually interact with the environment because it's not real, you just have to stand in a coloured circle. So there'll be some circles that are yellow, and those I think are transport, so they take you to a different sort of mm. level, and then others that are green, and they might be your objectives where you just stand in them, and it's like, good, you're called the elevator. So, so this like, is
1: like Destiny's style of mission yeah, generation. Yeah, though. it kind of is. <laughs> so yeah. how many people
0: are in this warehouse with you?
2: I'm not sure how many people you can play with, because you need to book it out in groups. I mm. think that you might be able to do up to 10 again. Really not sure of the numbers. <laughs> it was a month ago. Uh, I played with one other person. Right. And I feel like there were advantages to that and that it made it kind of creepier mm-hmm. because you, you could get overwhelmed a lot easier. And the game is quite hard and uh, the zombies just come from everywhere. And it's, it's you, your other... Players are all mapped out as well, really well, too. Mm. Like, I was dancing at one point, and she could tell that I was dancing. Oh, cool. You know, even though it's not me, I was like some white military dude. Mm. And she was like, You're dancing right now. And you're like, Cool. All right. Like, it's picking up on the fact that I'm making that kind of movement. So wow. you, you can see where that person is, which is she really exists. weird playing with a girl and having her and then, voice over the mic, yeah. and she was this black guy. You're like, That's a little confusing. Yeah. Why did you start dancing? Uh, actually, because I wanted to test that out. Okay. Yeah, no, not because I'm just super funky. <laughs> it was that I actually wanted to see if it would pick up on that, and so, um, it did.
0: tell me more about the zombies. So this is a zombie game. Yes. You he- you're saying that peop- like zombies are running at you. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing? What are you feeling? What are you hearing? How um, gross looking are they? Again, super left for dead Yeah.
2: in that it's just... awful graphics, but
0: uh, I mean Just like Left left 4 Dead
2: (laughs) Yeah, worse than Left 4 Dead But, you know, they're just really basic zombies You can kind of hear them, some of them scream and make different noises, and there's one that's kind of like a tank that instantly uh, kills you if he hits you So he comes at certain points So um, The feeling is it's totally just like you're there It's like it's actually real and it's actually happening Of course you're not actually scared of dying I was never concerned, because death is usually like, okay, this means I get to actually move to a different location and Mm. (laughs) sort myself out. Um, There are also other enemies that are, I guess, your equivalent of bandits, and just be like other people who are shooting you who are Mm. particularly tough. But uh, it was... Well, one of the first things that I said when I went in there, I was getting nervous because I just couldn't comprehend what the experience is going to be like. Hmm. And I asked if I would be scared. And uh, one of the people who worked there said that I would definitely scream because everyone does. And I totally did. It's like you're just casually walking forward and then you know, my other player was like, there's someone behind you, or like, Alana, look behind you right now. And then I would turn around and there'd just be a zombie in my face. And, you know, you just jump back and scream totally because it's so convincing that you're there because you can't see anything oh. else but that. Oh
0: so God. it's
3: totally for oh. people with heart conditions, pregnant women, the elderly. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: They all love I believe
0: that's their target audience. <laughs> I'm yeah. totally imagining a virtual version of... You know, like at theme parks and things, how they sometimes have those horror fright nights set up, and you're walking through a very enclosed little maze,
1: like a haunted
2: house thing.
0: Yeah, and they got people jumping yeah. around. I'm picturing that, but, they're but not actually touching reason, you then for whatever
2: reason, it's not as scary as that because oh. you got a gun. I mean, you do have a gun, which has <laughs> and they don't. Yeah, you grenades can't physically feel and there's a shotgun, a rifle, and, and a grenade launcher, which yeah. is. Just-
1: a lot of guns so taped together. You,
0: you know what'll <laughs> come next, though? They'll actually have staff in these things that oh, are yeah. when that will know when there's like a horde of zombies around you, and you'll get people touching you so that you actually feel like I, you're surrounded. I definitely would
2: have liked more environmental stuff, like being near the flame of a car, making me feel warm. Yeah. That would have been really nice. Well,
1: if this is anything like those like 4D experiences that Warner Brothers does, yeah. like, the fourth dimension is always
3: being sprayed with water. Hmm.
1: So always. That's, that's what's yeah. going to happen.
3: Yeah, but you've got like, alienware laptop in your backpack, water.
2: Yeah, they can't really do yeah, water. Yeah, that's not going to be good. I mean, it's, it's a pretty well-secured backpack, but... Yeah, mm, they'll just cover like they, it in they could.
3: Like, rubber hosing
1: and spray you with water. It's the fourth dimension. ask Warner
2: Brothers
3: (laughs) say no so Zero Latency that's available to play in Melbourne
2: yeah it books out incredibly quickly Um, but currently only in (laughs) Melbourne though they are planning on branching out to other parts of the world
0: and permanently there yeah I believe so I mean it's
2: doing quite well Um, and final thoughts would be that it is an incredible experience there's nothing else that's like it it's just that the game does totally suck but it doesn't matter that it sucks because the fact that it works is so cool it's oh. a friggin holodeck it's, it is <laughs> it's only gonna
0: get better from here it's de-
2: that's the biggest thing is that i see so much potential and yeah. amazing things are going 40. to come out of it yeah they will yeah.
0: listen to this now yeah. Yeah. and next fire. time they want to go down let's <laughs> well, contact warner bros immediately yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what they'll do <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> alana
1: uh you were talking about a completely Uh, unique VR experience before. Tell us about all the other VR experiences, also equally unique that you experienced at the the Sony (laughs) Sony show in That's a
2: good sentence, good job. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I went to Paris Games Week about uh, two weeks ago now, Mm -hmm. and I was mostly there for all the PlayStation VR stuff, and I got hands-on time with five separate uh, VR games. The first one is RIG, which they showed a trailer of at their uh, press conference at Mm -hmm. Paris Games Week, which is basically like Rocket League, but you're in a mech. It's old. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. (laughs) So you're in this mech, you can jump around the map, uh, completely controlled by a controller. Mm. Yep. And you have to collect these little orb things, and when you have a certain amount of them, then you can score a goal by running towards the middle of the map and diving in this hole. You can knock people back from diving in the hole, or you can shoot them so that they die, and then you would pick up their rings and goals and stuff. Uh, And it is really fun. Um, I, I played it for about 15 minutes, and the PlayStation VR has just done such a good job of... I don't know how they did it, because... Hardware-wise, it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't have... I think it's called screen door effect. It doesn't mm. have the same graininess that mm. the Oculus Rift has. It just doesn't look as pixelated mm-hmm. somehow. Mm. Magic, I think. It just... You totally believe that you're in those environments. And Rig was a really fun one because it was colourful and really fast-paced and shooting and you're in this, this mech, which is just obviously the coolest thing So when thing
1: you ever. look around, are you, like, inside the mech, sort of looking out? Yeah, of you it? can
2: see, like, the lines sort of... Of the mech like you've got it, it would appear like you have glass in front of you right yeah so you, you uh it starts off with you like jumping into your mech mm-hmm. and um you go up this lift, which was really bad for motion sickness. Uh. <laughs> I have a huge problem with lifts in Li- VR, like uh. lifting me up and me not feeling um, myself move. I'm already freaked out. I've probably in me. real life, so <laughs>
0: this is already not going down well that, for me. Yeah, that was easily the worst. <laughs>
1: you part get to review this one, Candy, when it comes out.
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> get yourself
2: a PlayStation VR. Great. Um, but yeah, it was super fun. Uh, not a lot of substance, but I mean, I initially could have said that about Rocket League, and I have played a lot of Rocket League in my time, mm. so yeah, I think it's. Uh, a really unique one, and definitely the PlayStation VR does a really good job of it because you feel like you're in that arena and you are the the person that everyone's cheering to, and you know they mm. have like a sponsor like I think they're fake sponsors, just posters on the side so that you feel like you're really there and there's commentators and all that stuff. so it's it's really authentic and uh exciting is how I would mostly describe it. Mm-hmm. And then the second one I played uh, was probably my favorite actually. it was Playroom VR which. I think it uses some of the standard PlayStation Playroom games, but I actually haven't played any of them before. Mm. Uh, the one that I played was called Cat and Mouse, and there was one person with a VR headset and then three people with controllers, which kind of makes me think of Nintendo Lands. Yeah. So it's like one person has a different role to everyone else, and that one specifically was one person was the cat who was the person with the VR headset, yeah. and they had this, these two curtains in front of them, and the other three people were mice. Mm -hmm. And they were just on this floor that was scattered with all this stuff, and they had to collect all these bits of cheese. (laughs) But the cat can see through the curtain and has to pounce out at the mice as they're moving towards different parts of cheese. So they physically have to lurch forward, which looks hilarious, (laughs) out of your peripheral vision. (laughs) So you're like playing with a controller and you you have to sort of watch what the person with the VR headset is doing and how they're tensing to see when you think they're going to jump out of the curtain because if they do, then they can get you. That's
1: awesome. Yeah,
2: so it kind of makes me think of this uh, one Mario Party game where Chompomp is like at the end of this room and you have to like sort of Walk really, really, really slowly, and then you see his bubble burst, hmm. and he can like go and grab you, and he like steals you away. It's kind of like that, except almost in real life because you are physically watching the thing that's going to grab you. This is
0: hilarious. It was really,
2: really, really cool. And another particularly cool thing about it was that the person wearing the PlayStation VR headset, when they spoke, their voice came through the speakers like it was on helium. Nice. So they like made that the voice of the cat. And altered the way that they sound. So if you were playing it online, you would hear this person talking, but sounding like a cat through these curtains. Oh,
0: genius! Yeah, what a nice yeah. touch.
3: That is really interesting to me because VR, I think, has been sort of pegged as a bit of a solitary experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's like oh, don't you will you know what VR? Because you're just in this, you got Buy the headset yourself. on, you can't yeah. In the outside world. Everyone will think you're a loser. But this like there's possibilities here yeah. for like really cool. And multiplayer there are a stuff. lot
2: of playroom games that they have for it, and I think. In that sense, it's, you know, of all of the other VR headsets that are now popping out, I don't think anything else has offered that kind of thing. And it was really well done and mostly just really, really funny. Um, (laughs) I have all this footage of this person just like sticking her head forward like some kind of dinosaur the whole time. (laughs) And it's just, it's really funny watching that person tense out of your peripheral to be like, is she going to pop out now or is she just trying to <laughs> spook right. us? Because you physically see that. So. This is
0: like that, what's that old time zone game, you know, the smack the crocodiles thing? Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like that. It it is. They're just kind of popping out and yeah. they scare the shit out of you and you have to like lurch at them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> It's interesting, like the, I think some of the most fun that we've had as a group playing games has been the Nintendo Land asynchronous yeah. stuff. Yeah, And mm-hmm. it's weird to me that... Like, that nin-
2: Mario one, the chasing one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah
1: and and the, the ghost one the ghost uh, yeah that that the luigi's mansion and and yet nintendo put those games out and then never did anything else with that with their they system they
2: didn't add more yeah yeah
1: and and so it's so great to me that sony are apparently deciding to pick up that ball of asynchronous it like, multiplayer party games yeah, for I, vr and you
2: just using vr as well makes such a big difference because You know, the Wii U compared to a controller isn't as dramatically different as a VR headset compared to a controller. But think how
1: great this will be as a sales point as well, because, like, this is the perfect way to have people come over and everyone gets to interact with the VR stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and, I mean, especially for people who haven't experienced it before. Yeah. That's such a good way to do it. Yeah. And I also believe that Playroom is going to be packaged with it. Mm. Mm. So you will get Playroom if you have PlayStation mm. VR. Yeah. And uh, I, I wish I could have played more of the Playroom stuff. Yeah. Because it was it was really, really cool. And I had no idea that that existed before I played it. So yeah. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it.
0: I just feel like there's a slow shift happening back to co-op games and things you know like it's just it, it was so big when we were younger that you would sit down and you actually had somebody next to you playing and I just yeah. think not just with VR but you know looking at a lot of the indie games and stuff that we were checking out at PAX I think there is a real push to get that happening again so I don't know why it suddenly spurred on but I love it because we were looking at so many games yeah. where we did we all got to get together as a group and play, looking at the same screen, yeah, sharing like that space again. It's kind of been
2: like a depressing sort of two, three years of a lot of games that should have had split screen, not having it. Mm. Yeah, that's and people I, are trying to make up for that. I mean, a, except I for think Halo.
0: it's like complaints from yeah, exactly gamers who wish they could have been in the same room yeah. sharing that experience. But B, from families, there's such a push yeah. for like family gaming again, and your parents like and for the, it to the all idea be of okay, getting to play
2: PlayStation VR. Yeah games like that with my family How is incredible. like incredible yeah it
0: would be hilarious to watch <laughs> mm. like i would get your give, mom to do it i would totally. love to have my parents do yeah. this kind of thing I think it's, it's super hilarious fun.
2: the other
1: thing is that these games actually they show really well yeah. when you're able to do like that couch co-op stuff yeah. not only does it show well at uh conventions and and exhibitions but also as far as the way that we are absorbing reviews mm. and let's plays and things yeah. like like, people mm. like an experience where they
2: can see people
0: Multiple, interacting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I like it. I like that it's not. It has you been know, really
2: solitary mm-hmm. up exactly. until that kind of point. Exactly. And I yeah. like
0: that that's changing and they're recognizing that people want to actually physically be around one another, <laughs> that it's not mm. a solo experience <laughs> you anymore. Don't have to they're be alone trying is. to increase people being social, like social interacting with one another. Yeah. And physical. Like, a lot of it is now getting up and moving again, and VR is changing that. We, yeah. You,
2: like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of skeptics. Um, who I'm convinced are mostly people who haven't tried VR who are saying that it's going to flop and it's just a new piece of technology that won't work. <laughs> um, but I think that PlayStation particularly are really pushing it. Mm. The, the library of games, I think there's already 50 games that are PlayStation VR compatible and I feel like it'll get to a point where they bundle it with every console and the fact that they're making party games that are easy to play and easy to understand. I mean, Rig was really easy to play too, but just mm. I, I think that this is going to be mm. a core part of that console from now on. I think yep. that... PS4 is going to be hand-in-hand hand with PSVR. It's not going to be shoehorned side mm. tech for hardcore gamers because they're trying so hard to create diversity to avoid that from happening. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. And I love it. I'm super yeah. excited about it. Um, so I should talk about the next thing that I play, oh, which yeah. I hope they turn into a co-op thing, uh, which is Until Dawn. I think it's called Dead Circus, which is basically uh, not really related to Until Dawn at all. It's a roller Dead coaster. A circus. Oh. No. Sort of. No. It feels. Like, it plays like an arcade game, like a House of the Dead kind of arcade yeah, game. Cool. Mm. You're on a roller coaster, so you would play this one sitting in a chair. And you have to duck under obstacles that have red on them. Mm. And you have PlayStation Move controllers, which are guns in both your hands. And you're just shooting at things on the side that'll pop up for points. And did down you the bottom get it's sick? Not from that one, no. Oh, hmm, interesting. No, I didn't. Hmm. Um,
1: Wait, did you get sick from another one?
2: Yeah, the the lift and rig. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, yeah. But right. for the most part, PlayStation VR, I don't get any motion sickness, whereas... The the Oculus Rift DK1 gave it to me terribly badly. DK2 is a bit better. But um, PlayStation VR, pretty much not at all except for that one lift.
1: It's hard to say whether uh, it was just the use of the DK1 Oculus that made me sick or the fact that I was hungover at the time. Mm. Mm. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was only, like, day two of a convention when we were checking out the DK1 stuff. So. Was that
2: after that Bioware party? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was a good know. night. Yeah. Good night.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I understand. I, I don't want to speculate no. as to whether it was the Oculus. Yeah. Or not. I,
2: I adopted an English <laughs> accent at some point during that yeah, night, and you did. It was good fun. <laughs> yeah, but I think
0: I think we can at least partly. We're blame the Oculus Rift
2: for that too. Sure. Uh, what for
0: the English accent? <laughs> yeah,
2: definitely. She, <laughs> no. She drank until she was
1: British.
0: Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was great. You're gonna love assassins then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um But yes, it was <laughs> I, I think Moving we can on. we can blame the Oculus Rift for that, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Because the GK one it's really widespread and everyone I've spoken to about PlayStation VR has pretty much unanimously agreed that it looks the best and has the least motion sickness and it's also incredibly light and comfortable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I, f- I feel like I should find something bad to say about it just because but I have nothing mm. it's uh, got this button on the front so you put the whole headset on and then you would put the headphones on over the top and it's got a button on the front that slides to let you adjust things which mm-hmm. means it's compatible with people Great. who wear right. glasses yeah. and there's mm-hmm. also you can always see the ground below you if you look down Um, And that's supposed to be to orientate you if you need to, you know, see something on your controller or if you need to find the right spot on your keyboard or whatever. Uh, One of the questions that I did have to ask while I was checking out the PlayStation VR games is, why does everyone keep putting it on me and then putting the headphones on me and then handing me the controller? When is it going to get to a point where you let me do this? And they were like, uh... Uh-oh. I'm not the right person to answer that question. So there was basically a bunch of devs who who were like, ah, uh, we need a PR person, maybe. Um, wow, is the answer
1: horrifying?
2: They just, they just really didn't know how to approach that question. And then one of the PR people was like, that's a good question. And I was like, oh. Do you have a good answer? Oh, okay. What if, if you, I never got an answer. If you do it in the wrong mm, way, it summons a witch. That's probably what it is. Yeah. It what summons way? Satan. So... Yeah, it's, uh, I, I always wanted to put it on myself because it's more
0: comfortable it's to like put a headset yeah. on yourself yeah. than have someone else yeah, do it, but course. they just wouldn't let me do it, and I'm like, why aren't you letting me it's do like this? It's like somebody putting sunglasses on you, they get it wrong, they don't yeah. sit
2: right, <laughs> and then, then they just keep asking, like, does this feel okay, and like, just let me touch it. No, yeah. if you but touch
1: it, no, don't you don't want to know. <laughs>
2: Satan.
0: But uh, <laughs> so that right, I see
2: though. as a huge issue because, you know, it's like, what are you going to do with people who you have to put PSVR on first, and then you have to put the headphones on? How do you find the headphones When you have PSVR on. They're like, um, you know, there's a lot
0: of options for that. Uh, It's almost like it needs to be in some kind of mode where you can see through them to start with so you put it on yeah. with full vision mm. and then there's and like you can, a, you can put you get yourself something sorted or yeah. yeah or just yeah. But, I mean, pick up you your can't
2: controllers click a switch screen, though, is the problem. <laughs> maybe every yeah. sale
1: of Playstation VR comes with a Sony rep who will always put, <laughs> Imagine put it on that. You and not
0: let you touch it like, slap yeah. your hand away when yeah. you try they're to to just they're waiting witch. in your yeah. like, they're waiting in your broom closet <laughs> just waiting for you to want to play the game oh I'm here I'll put it on I'll put it on it is it is genuinely a concern
2: because no one would let me do it. It and no one could answer Weird me when I asked why they wouldn't let me do it. Yeah. yeah. They
3: haven't figured that out yet, I don't think. Yep. So PlayStation VR launches next year sometime. Yeah. Mid next year. Yes. Cool. Alana's been giving us some sneak previews. And uh this is going to bring us to the end of the episode, everybody. Aww. A little bit sad because this is Alana's Aww. last episode. Yeah. She leaves uh, this next week for
0: Yes. bigger be- and better things.
3: Going to America, Aww. right?
2: <laughs> you made it really sad. I am. I got a job as the toys and culture editor at IGN in San Francisco so uh thank you i start yeah. there on the 30th i'm very excited i'll be reviewing lego <laughs> for a living Yay. so it's gonna be great it's gonna <laughs> be great but it has been an awesome two years of three years three years yep. was it damn mm. three years of zed games uh i feel like we've had quite the journey
3: in these past indeed. years. indeed well gotten old i together. remember <laughs> alana i think the way we were introduced is i followed you on twitter Stalker. Or maybe we followed each other on Twitter <laughs> or something. Back then you had yeah. like 800 Twitter followers. Aww. Yeah,
0: she said. Now, how many, how
3: many Twitter followers do you have now, Alana? Roughly.
2: 40,000-ish. Uh, sh- uh, She's
0: really good with numbers, so, remember.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Terrible with numbers. I mean, that's the journey. Like, congratulations. <laughs> we wish you the best of luck Thank for your future you. endeavors. Thank you so And much. you will be missed here. Aww.
0: Thank you.
3: All right, guys, we're out of here for another week. Catch you guys next week.
0: Bye. Bye.